If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. It's like watching Wiley Coyote. Are you trying to change the road on it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's oh, great that, that needed Benny Hill music. <laughs> I <laughs> no one. I'm, surpri- I'm surprised no one has actually done that. Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast with myself, Regal Walsh, and my co-presenter as always, Brad. How are you on this Thursday afternoon? I feel calm. It's almost like there's winds of change in the air. Uh, Yes, we're getting nearer to springtime, but that's not the only change that is nearing upon us. Because it seems to be coming towards the end of an era in terms of Champions League dominance by Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi after both were dumped out this week in the UEFA Champions League by Paris Saint-Germain and FC Porto respectively. So we'll start off with the Tuesday game which we saw uh, Ronaldo's Juventus win the game 3-2, draw the game 4-4 in aggregate and lose the game on away goals rule. This game was a madness. <laughs> I mean you summed it up perfectly it was crazy so Porto were awarded a penalty after 19 minutes which Sergio Oliveira uh, converted shortly after half time Federico Chiesa pulled one back for Perlo's side then a few minutes later Mediterrami picked up two yellow cards in two minutes and was sent off for Porto Chiesa then put Juve ahead on the night and level on aggregate again it was a standout performance for uh, himself there, Chiesa. Then we managed to go to stoppage time, to which Sergio Oliveira scored a wonderful free kick with five minutes remaining in the total game. And then Adrian Rabio scored two minutes after. However, it wasn't enough as Porto would go on to win thanks to the away goal rule. Can we really call that a wonderful free kick? Mm, I mean, it was still good. He had a bit of work to do, but it was helped massively by Ronaldo being a fucking pussy in the wall (laughs) I'm not having any sympathy for it because that wall was stupid why is he turning his back for perhaps he saw the old lady in suspicious circumstances and then got terrified Jesus I mean Carragher said it perfectly on CBS after the game you shouldn't ever turn your back in a wall and Sven Juren Eriksson taught them when he was at England if you don't jump either, you just stand on your tiptoes to get yourself that extra bit of height. Because what's the worst that can happen? Most players protect their private area, so that's not going to take any damage. Hang on, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, I could go under you. Yeah, but if, you, if you're not jumping, it's not going to go under you, is it? Well, why come they've not done the tactic that literally every other club follows and just put someone behind the wall? He, he, he did say that afterwards, like if you are going to jump, pull someone on the floor. Where uh, was the Zinchenko? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I just can't compute why he turned his back. Like, take it to the chest, take it to the face. He's known for, as one of the best headers in football. No, no, you're forgetting of it. Cristiano Ronaldo, all that. Yeah, but if he hits the a, image, yeah, can't destroy he, the image. If he hits the wall and the attacking end, why can't he do it in the defensive mind? Like LeBron James breaking his hands. Can't can't suffer. For me, it's absolutely pathetic, and you deserve to go out because of that goal. Well, credit to Porto, they were absolutely brilliant over the two ties, gave Juventus a proper hard fight and definitely uh, upset the odds there. And credit to Sergio Coenichal for how he set up his team uh, for both legs, they were brilliant. And a special mention before we continue with this game to Pepe. At 38 years old, he was sublime. And he's still a perfect shithead. Yeah. One of the best performances I've seen in individually by a, cha- a player in Champions League for a while. Like de- defensively, that was just oh, such a joy to watch. Yeah. And speaking of pathetic, can we go on to the absolute shambles that was the Porto press conference? <sighs> yeah, that was. As someone that does immediately cause broadcasting, something that I'm into, that's offensive. Yeah, and you're that's that's not just one journalist doing their jobs terribly. That is, you could imagine dozens of journalists doing their job yeah. terribly. That'd be about fifteen to twenty of them, minimum. It's that shocking. haven't asked, I haven't asked him a single question. So his press conference lasted forty-eight seconds. After I can understand, say, if they lost drastically, or there was like technical just... issues, but nothing seemed to suggest there was because they were just there, like. Speaking to him all that. Yeah. 48 seconds for a man that has just won in the Champions League. And it's an 100% an upset because before this tie, no one would have said Porto would beat Juventus at all. So the fact that they did it and won both legs impressively as well, the fact that he didn't have a single question is beyond me. If you call it this from Sergio's point of view, it's like, yeah, go on. <laughs> Yeah. I'll go home now. <laughs> well, I was in my like, yeah, fuck off. I'm happy. I'm happy to leave. You don't want to ask me a question once I've just beaten one of the big teams in Europe and one of the best players in the world. Well, then start off. Then I'm never. I'm never going to give you my time again. I suppose they understand it because they probably all looked the same. I didn't work well. The main story is actually Ronaldo going out. Yeah, but it's still bad. It's... You've got to give the man credit for what he's done. I've just I've never seen anything like that before in my life. I did not have a single question for the manager who just won the game. Yeah, I have no idea whatsoever. It's absolutely crazy. Then the other big team that have been eliminated was Barcelona. They lost 5-2 on aggregate, uh, despite drawing the game yesterday 1-1 with PSG. Mbappé scored a penalty after half an hour, which was very controversial. It, it didn't it. seem to be... Sorry, the David Luiz one is... Controversial in that one is just as controversial. How is that a pen? Oh, I have no idea. There was no contact, how if not minimalistic asking, at all. We're asking the question, how is it? Oh, was that? English referees are on duty for this one. No, oh, that's why. Yes. I mean, um, well, I don't know what Langley was meant to do there, though, in that situation. I mean, he had his own bad moment again anyway, so... Mm. Uh, Mbappe calmly dispatches the penalty after sending to Stegen the wrong way and I believe he's now the youngest player to reach 25 goals is it in the Champions League 
All right, give it the quarterfinals. What we'll be saying about Haaland. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible, right? Um, we'll get to him. My God. <laughs> yes, we'll get to him in a second. And then seven minutes later, Lionel Messi equalises on the night with an absolute thunder bastard of a strike. <laughs> thunder bastard, capitals. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That man literally just turned to Thanos at that moment and said, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yeah, absolutely crazy. I mean, I'm just looking here. That was his 19th goal he scored in the Champions League from outside the box. Since his debut in the competition back in December 04, only Ronaldo has scored more from range in this competition with 20. But uh, Messi did have a penalty later on in the game, which he, well, he classed it as a missed body. It was... Uh, Stopped by Kaylor Navas in goal. Again, and good it, performance. It's just as lean on Messi to miss penalties as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, with both Messi and Ronaldo going out in the round of 16, which is the first time that this has happened since the 2004-2005 season, and the emergence in the past 18 months of Erling Haaland, Braut and Kylian Mbappe, is this now the start of the end for both Messi and Ronaldo in big Europe competitions. It's the end in terms of what we know Messi, what we've always known Messi and Ronaldo as. Mm-hmm. It's the downward spirals. Yeah, I mean, but it's written, but both are so, are going for a downfall in different ways. Mm. Messi has more the, quickly happened and drastically where Ronaldo's is, is starting to be a slow decline. Yeah, Ronaldo's is a slow decline, but with Messi, it's he's still sort of doing it. It's just it's everything around him has just declined more. Whereas yeah. Ronaldo, it's it's still there, but they're, they're not delivering. Mm. Like we said the other week on the podcast, what's happened to Barcelona in the last 12, 18 months and everything imploding. That's why Messi's decline seems so bad and Ronaldo's doesn't because obviously Juventus won the Serie A title last season. They're up and up, they're challenging again for it this season. They're in the Coppa Italia final where they'll play Atalanta. So it's not dreadfully bad for Ronaldo compared to Messi, but both are slightly starting to decline and... I think not, for me, we could say it's not coincidental that all the rooms are now coming that Ronaldo's going to leave Juventus. Yeah, he's got another twelve months on his contract currently, but for for me, he doesn't work in this Juve team. Can we say that the Ronaldo Juventus experiment has technically failed? Not technically, it has massively failed. His main objective of going there for Juventus was to win the Champions League with them, and he hasn't done it. Yeah. Because winning the league, they were going to do it with him or without him. That's that simple as daylight. I'd be surprised nowadays. I don't think this yeah, season built their way. I think I see an Inter quite ahead of them. Yeah, this season definitely. But in the two seasons prior, uh, when he joined, it, I don't think there was any question really as to whether they were going to win the league title or not. But the main objective of him being brought in was to get them the Champions League glory, and he hasn't done it at all whilst there. And you got to say, it's a massive fail. And I know Arsene, I don't know whether it was Arsene Wenger the other week said it or someone else, but he's too selfish to be in this Juve team. 
Like yeah. he wants it, the ball all the time to him. He wants every shot for him to take, and it doesn't work in this, how Juve work, play their style of play. It, whether it was under Maurizio Sarri or Andrea Perlo this season, or I can't. Who was the manager before Sarri? Was it Allegri still there? I believe he was, was still Allegri. Yeah, because uh, this is Ronaldo's third season now, isn't it? Or was if it I'm correct? Did he did he not go back? No, I'm Yeah. So in the way into play, it doesn't work. Like, um, not into, sorry, Juve. How Juve played doesn't suit Ronaldo's style of play. Where at Real Madrid, after a few years, the team was built around him and he would be able to do everything they needed to. Where this Juve team is completely different and it's a different style of play. And that's why it hasn't worked as well for him in uh, Europe. Yeah. But speaking of. Uh, the other emergence in the Champions League in recent years, Erling Haaland brought again Is another Bro- phenomenal Haaland. performance. Are you saying Haaland, Haaland brought? Is it Haaland brought? Haaland Haaland. Okay, sorry, my bad. Actually, I swear the another commentators phenomenal... now, now say Haaland, so I think that's how you're supposed to say it. We'll, we'll just call him Erling for now. For simple terms. We don't know him personally. You can't call him Erling. <laughs> okay. Another phenomenal performance from him. Scored a brace again. Had one goal disallowed early on in the second half. Dortmund easily, well, not easily through in the end. Uh, they get through after being severe 5 4 in aggregate. Just by uh, Yusuf L. N. Nesri putting up a good performance in the last uh, 20 minutes or so of the game. Harland is just oh, this guy's been doing that. I love him. He's <laughs> out of this world. It's so, it's such a great finisher, but he's also seems to be a fantastic shootout. Yes, after the uh, penalty malarkey between. Uh, he already said about. He already said about it. It was like the keeper said something, but then obviously when he retook the penalty and then scored it. He said the same thing back. Like, he didn't language. know what he, he didn't know what he meant. He's just like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely just, brilliant. The whole Sevilla squad just chasing him. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely hysterical. Um, it's like watching Wiley Coyote. Are you trying to chase the roadrunner? That needed Benny Hill music. <laughs> I did no one. I'm surprised. I'm surprised no one has actually done that. Just had uh, Holland running around with. But yeah, Holland, phenomenal performance. And I'm actually at a loss for words for him now. He's just out of this world. Um, the final game that has happened this week out of the four fixtures was Liverpool versus Leipzig yesterday, with Liverpool winning 2-0 on the night and 4-0 on aggregate, thanks to Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane goals. Liverpool, they had a lot of chances to score, and for me, it just didn't look like they were ever going to score. I mean, they did the deed. They did what they needed. Yeah, they did what they needed. But they should have absolutely hammered Leipzig. Some of the balls... Uh, Tiago was playing towards them. There's a bit of breaking news that I have. Go on. It would seem that Liverpool have now put in a request for the rest of the season to play their games in Budapest. <laughs> They've scored more in Budapest um, than Anfield this year. <laughs> Jesus, that is bad. 
like you said, they got the win, they got the result that they needed to, so they can't complain too much. Uh, I'm not too sure when the... I don't know if you saw the Thiago pass, the karate kick pass. Yes. (sighs) Absolutely beautiful. Best thing he's done in Liverpool shirt so far. So we... Uh, we have the other four ties in the Champions League to be played next Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, with Man City playing on the Tuesday and Af- uh, Chelsea versus Atletico next Wednesday. Right, uh, on to our preview of the weekend now. We have a full slate of cards again in the Premier League. Not really that many big games to look forward to this weekend, but there's obviously the one Main one on Sunday at half past four between Arsenal and Tottenham. We call it the main, but it's probably the least amount of publicity this North London derby will ever have. Both teams are just out of it at the moment. Yeah. It's harder, but they're, they're sort of starting to come back with Arsenal just trying but failing. Arsenal just doing Arsenal stuff. I mean, this is a game with how well the Spurs front three are playing at the minute. They could absolutely dominate Arsenal and humiliate Mikel Arteta's side. Then again, Spurs have been so inconsistent this season as well. They could just capitulate here and Arsenal will end up winning. You, I really don't know how to say this one goes. I don't think Arsenal win this. I still think this no. potentially has Tottenham scoring... At least three. I think Bayern and Kane will have a nice time of it. Mm. I, I don't know. It'd be very. It could be an interesting watch, but like we always say, it's the four thirty on Sky Sports, so it could end up being a boring nil-nil game. Thanks for, thanks in, for jinxing that. <laughs> yeah. In the Premier League this weekend, the game after that at quarter past seven sees Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United welcome West Ham United to. Old Trafford. So, um, usually we wouldn't say this is a game of interest, but how well West Ham are performing this season and Manchester United's inconsistencies against the so-called lesser teams at times, it's definitely uh, one to watch. Yeah. The thing with Man U is they should now carry momentum from beating Man City. 100%. But also the problem, problem is they're also playing against AC Milan in the Europa League and we don't know how that will affect them yet. Who knows, they could come away with a big injury in that and completely yeah. change their their mindset going into this one. Mm. And, well, I'll just make West Ham are going to be about their best player. So. Oh, I was just about to say that myself, Jesse Lingard obviously won't be able to play in this game as he is on loan from Manchester United and as Do, far as I'm aware loan agreement to place. Genuine question, as a United fan, or the mm-hmm. mindset, do you think Jesse Lingard somehow gets back into that Man U team when he comes back? I don't think he does. I think I think West Ham will try and make it, that move permanent or he moves abroad. I don't think he, I don't think Solskjaer has him in his plans at all. It definitely seems more likely for West Ham to make it more permanently. I don't know why he'd want to go abroad if he's enjoying life at West Ham. Yeah, but uh, say a decent European AC Milan, you know AC Milan and Inter Milan are loving buying Premier League players at the minute. One of them two might come up, and obviously the chance to play in the Champions League. Say if West Ham miss out on it this season, it could be something that he might take. But at the minute, like you say, West Ham is the best option for him. Can I ask your thoughts as well on the 
new director structure that was announced yesterday. Yes, so Darren Fletcher was appointed director of football and John Murphy was... And it wasn't that in name. Yes. But, 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 sure what, what, I can't even... What did they say Darren Fletcher was, I mean, Darren Fletcher was like technical director, but then there's a guy above him. Yeah, I think that John Murta is the one who's meant to be above him now, but I'm not too sure. Don't like uh, the United he, he, he's the football director, John Murta. So from what I saw from reading the statement yesterday is Murta's going to be the one mainly dealing with like the transfer side of stuff with Solskjaer and Matt Judge and uh, Ed Woodward and Darren Fletcher's role will be to like help with the academy and grow that Darren more. Fletcher's role is to find a load of new Darren Fletchers yes <laughs> and what an excellent player he was for Manchester United absolutely underrated I think I think it, uh, it could work just hoping it means Edward Woodward Edward Wood doesn't have to deal with transfers and we get out taking the mick for some deals and doesn't take us forever to get a deal wrapped up anymore. Yeah, because why would you go and try and sign Jan Sancho? He ain't worth it. I'm not saying he's not worth it, but how no, he's Erling Haaland. Like United knew from minute one of the last summer's window what Dortmund's asking price was for him, and it was never going to change. So the dilly dally of will we get a deal done? Will we not get to It's just I think it was just ridiculous, and it's happened in the past. Um, the Harry Maguire deal that took forever to get done. Bruno Fernandes took six months to get done. It's you know he never do anything. He's... The Wesley Snyder one's still getting done. <laughs> so is Nicholas Gaitan as well. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with United and going forward with these uh, deals. Elsewhere in the Premier League this weekend, uh, Friday's action is between Newcastle United and your Aston Villa from St James's Park. Uh, um, Dean Smith announced today that Jack Grealish isn't going to be available for this one. How are you feeling heading into it? Even without Jack Grealish, if we don't beat Newcastle, I may have to retire from this podcast. <laughs> I can't do Monday's recording with a straight face if we don't win this game. I think then you can say your chances of getting Europe are well and truly over if you lose to Newcastle. Oh, yeah. But I still have hope of seventh. Yeah, it's definitely not off the table. We've already overachieved this season. Why not just go for it? Yeah. Best player on it. I mean, for me, like I said to you uh, the other day, I don't think we were recording, I think it was pre-recording or after recording I she was telling you my predictions and I had Villa to go down this season so for me anything in above survival for Villa is a massive achievement and a top half finish is an over an achievement I think yeah I think we just got to think of the end of season earnings now yeah 100% but it was I need to express the meltdown that was happening on Twitter yesterday because people they're so paranoid now on Villa Twitter that they panicked over not seeing Grealish, Watkins, Traore and Algarzi in training picks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh no, they're all injured. <laughs> <laughs> Quite ridiculous. 
Villator is a very special device at times. But I love it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Football. T- sometimes football Twitter can be the funniest place and also the stupidest place to be on. Saturday's action gets underway at half 12 at Ellen Road between Leeds United and Chelsea. Could be a very entertaining game between the two sides. Thomas Tuchel obviously still undefeated since taking over from Frank Lampard. Leeds United, they always play that attacking football. The last time, <laughs> yeah, the last time these two sides met, Chelsea ended up winning three. One thanks to Giroud, Zuma, and Pulisic on the goals for Lampard. Yeah, that, was a, that was a completely different manager with a very different style of football. Yeah, 100%. They definitely play different uh, ways now. <laughs> yeah, for me, Chelsea win this quite comfortably. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a high score either. Just because no. that's not what Chelsea are on at the moment. No, they're definitely not a free scoring team they're yeah. happy they're quite with conservatives they're, yeah they're very well organized very organized and very conservative in how they play the games and it's getting them the results so far so you can't complain next up at three o'clock sees crystal palace play west bromwich albion in the sam allardyce derby I mean, it feels like it feels like every other week is the Sam Allardyce derby in the Premier League. <laughs> He's managed most teams. Exactly. But the way Palace are playing at the minute, it, it's again, this is the type of game Sam Allardyce can win. And you'll be like, OK, maybe there's a slim chance for West Brom to stay up. But at, at the same time, you know, like... Yeah, it wouldn't surprise you if Palace do win like two, three nil in the end because of how poor West Brom actually are. Oh no, Palace don't go that far. Don't you think so? Zaha's still out, isn't he? As far as I'm aware, yes, he is still out. These Palace team don't have much in the attacking sense. Oh no, I mean it's very rare Ben Sakeg just pops up now and again, Mm. but they don't have enough to batter teams right now. Yeah. Eze is alright, but he's not going to carry the game or score for the nick at the moment. No. And I think it will take a lot more from him and more time at Palace to be a, a truly game changer. I'll leave my next bit on that game for that. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we have Everton versus Burnley at half past five at Goodison Park. Everton should win this quite comfortably. I roll nothing out with Burnley anymore. They just. They're being gifted goals by teams. Quite yeah. literally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Flick back to last week. They were literally gifted a goal. But I think this is and it should be an easy Everton win on paper. On paper, yes, but Burnley just turn up in some games now and again. Mm. And then the final game to close off Saturday is at Craven Cottage as Scott Parker's Fulham welcome Manchester City to town at Man City won 5-2 in the Premier League yesterday, so they already got over their uh, defeat to Manchester United quite quickly. However, I think this game for City is going to be a lot harder than Southampton because Fulham are really putting up that fight in wanting to stay in the league this season. And I could see if City are a bit lackadaisical, Fulham will punish them and get the result they need. Have you really just said that Fulham have a chance of winning this? Yeah. 
I mean, if you think back to the first leg, uh, the first leg, it's not Champions League, the first game, it was only 2-0 to Manchester City. De Bruyne and Sterling scored. And that was back in, uh, when was that? The first weekend of December. And think back to how poor Fulham were then. Like, they gave Man City a proper like running the, for it. Not like that, like that was the start of where Fulham started to turn it around. I think people were impressed that they didn't get battered. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I remember saying to you, I think I was expecting like 4-5-0 to Man City, but they put up a good fight. So I wouldn't be surprised if they put up a good game again. I mean, their last couple of games before this, they obviously beat Liverpool and won 1-0 and lost to Spurs, only 1-0. So they're doing quite decent with, with the big teams. Mm. As organised and in a good or on a form, they look Fulham would be very lucky to get an attack in this game. Mm. But don't rule out anything in the Premier League. Then on you don't. Sunday, uh, we kick off at the at twelve o'clock in the South Coast as Southampton welcome Brighton and Hove Albion to St Mary's. This game's on BBC One if you're in the United Kingdom. Now this game. I think this is going to be the boring game of the weekend. Really? We always say yes. They're very Brighton, are they shooting? Exactly. They're not going to score. Guaranteed chances. Brighton are involved in boring games. But they're not going to fucking score, are they? Yeah, they might do. They scored against Leicester. Mm, no, I mean, they did, but are you really expecting them to? put up a good scoring fight against Southampton this weekend? Considering it's technically a South Coast derby, yes. Mm, it's not really seen as a South Coast derby. It's not, but it's the closest to a derby they've got. Southampton, that is. Yeah, it's the closest, like, distance-wise they've got to a derby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, both teams aren't really in the best of forms this season. I'd say both are underachieving. And Southampton aren't out of it looking at this table. Like, you know, another run of poor losses and then teams blow and picking up points like they were and they sucked right in. But last week's win yeah. helped them out massively. Oh, yeah, it did 100%. Uh, get, got them the right bit of st- stick that they needed to get their season a bit back on track. But um, I think they're good enough to stay up. But you won't be as easy as they think. The saving grace will be that there are probably three worse teams than them. Yes, 100%. Well, I say three worse teams overall the whole season. Yeah. Then next up uh, at 2 o'clock is Leicester versus Sheffield United from the King Power Stadium on Sky Sports. Leicester have been up and down at times uh, this season. Obviously, we're back to winning ways last week, beating Brighton. Sheffield United have been uh, poor all season. And you got to say you would expect an easy Leicester win. However, the reverse fixture of this at Bramall Lane, it took Jamie Vardy until the 90th minute to score the winner. This has notoriously been a close fixture between the two, but Jamie Vardy always loves a goal against his, his, his team's Massive rivals. Yes. As he uh, is a Sheffield Wednesday fan. He's an owl at heart. Like we've said before, regardless of the result, we know Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Sheffield United are down 
Um, Leicester will be hoping with victory they can go above Man United, even if it is just for a couple of hours. Is that bit of reassurance of or we can bridge a bit of a gap to the teams below us and try and cement our place in the top four for Champions League next season? which will be very decent for Brendan Rodgers' side. And then obviously we talked about the other two games being Arsenal-Tottenham and Man United versus West Ham that weekend. And then the final game this weekend it will be played on Monday evening between Wolverhampton Wanderers and Liverpool at 8 o'clock from the Molyneux on Sky Sports again. Liverpool, six home defeats in a row in the league. However, they did win their last away game 2-0 to, uh, against Sheffield United. Wolves been really inconsistent up and down the, throughout the whole season. You just don't know what's going to come to this game because the first fixture was a 4-0 victory for Liverpool. Salah, Wijnaldum, Matip and, and Samedo own goal. However, I don't see that being such a big scoreline this week. Where is this again? Mania. Yeah. Mm, give them a chance. Wolves' things is where they only play one half of football recently. Mm. So it's going to be at Liverpool to score early, I think. But they don't do that. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say they don't seem to do. So that's why I think it's going to be an open game and a much closer game than what happened the first time these two sides met earlier in the season. Right. Uh, elsewhere in the world of football. Real Madrid play Elche in La Liga on Saturday at quarter past three and Hetafe host Atletico Madrid at eight o'clock. And Barcelona don't play until Monday night when they face Huesca at the Camp Nou. Over in Italy this weekend, Fiorentina play Benevento. Roma travel to Parma. Inter Milan travel to Turin to take on Torino. Juventus play Cagliari. And the big game of the weekend in Italy sees AC Milan host Napoli on Sunday evening at quarter to eight. Over in Germany in the Bundesliga, Augsburg play host to Borussia Mönchengladbach on Friday evening. Werder Bremen play Bayern Munich. Wolfsburg face uh, Schalke. And Bayer Leverkusen play Arminia Bielfeld. Leipzig play Frankfurt. And Borussia Dortmund play Hertha Berlin. So... Not really the biggest games this weekend in terms of top leagues in European football, but definitely still uh, a lot to happen. And it'll be very interesting to see the outcomes of some of those games. Right, uh, I'll hand over to you now for the predictions leagues. I think you should go for the women's football. Okay, so um, not a lot of women's football news this week because or games because we only have uh, one tonight between Birmingham City and Everton, I want to say. Yes, uh, again, from St. George's Park. Uh, that's available on the FA Player. And then on the weekend, we have the one game in the WSL that's happening uh, due to most of the teams playing next week uh, during the midweek and we also have the Conti Cup on Sunday afternoon between Chelsea and Bristol City at half past two so that is definitely one to look forward to and the game of the weekend is Reading versus Tottenham at half past 12. So there has been some other news in the world of women's football. The Daily Mail reported at the start of this week that Sky Sports and the BBC will show 
the Women's Super League from next season taking over the rights from BT Sport, who currently show one game a week. Uh, it hasn't been disclosed as to how many games Sky will be showing, but I expect maybe something quite similar to what BT are currently doing. It was announced yesterday that current England interim head manager Hegarisa will lead Team uh, GB in football at this summer's Olympics in Tokyo. So that is definitely something to look forward to. Uh, Chelsea are through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League after beating Atletico Madrid in their uh, ties. They uh, were absolutely dominant over both ties, though Atletico Madrid did have uh, three penalties over the games and failed to score any of them, which is quite embarrassing. And Manchester City are currently playing against Fiorentina. There's about 20 minutes so all left to go and they're currently 4-0 up on the game, 7-0 up on aggregate. So it looks like we'll have two English teams in the quarterfinals of Europe, which is good news. Right, back over to you for the predictions then. Okay, now we go there. So we have, as you all said as well, wildcard options are very slim this week in terms of a fair and easy game they're pretty easy predictions you'd think yeah well i haven't managed to find three but i'll start with the premier league options obviously we have to have arsenal and tottenham Uh, for me i'm gonna go spurs to win this game 2-1 i'm in two minds here because i want to say tottenham score a few but i remember it's the half four kickoff yeah. I go for three one Tottenham. Okay. Uh just quickly Arsenal are at home for that one, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, it's just making sure for how I've got it written down so it doesn't look wrong. Uh game two. Crystal Palace and West Brom. <sighs> I'm gonna have to go Palace to win. Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to go West Brom to win 1-0. Wow. Wasn't expecting that one. And Embar Diagne is going to be the score. Fair enough. And the final game? Southampton Brighton. Saints win... 2-1. 2-1. I'll say 1-1. One, one. Okay. And over to the, well, I'll say Europe, but three wildcard games because they're not necessarily all going to be from Europe. No, they're not. There's only two. Actually, only two from Europe. Just to, oh. so you know. Have you, gone to, have you gone to Australia for the third game or something? Just wait until I go to that last one. Okay. But I'll start with the standout from Europe, and then he's AC Milan and Napoli. I don't know uh, Milan what they're going to be like injury wise and freshness after obviously tonight's game with Manchester United but I'm going to go Milan to win 3-2 2-1 I say Milan okay game number 5 to Germany I'll go with the top 4 battle of RB Leipzig and Eintracht Frankfurt um, it's going to be a close affair, and I'm going to think 
I'm going to go with 2 2 here. I'll match you with that. First time in a long time that we've matched. So, last option. You have no idea what's going on out here. Nope, I don't even know what country we're going into. We are in England. Are we? Well, I know we are. We are in England with this one. Oh, okay. Because this weekend sees the final of the greatest competition in the Football League. This weekend sees League One Portsmouth face League Two Salford City in the formerly known as Johnston's Paints Trophy, the EFL Trophy Final. The Papa John's Trophy, is that? I believe it is the Papa John's Trophy. Was that the Checker Cherry Trophy? It was all of them. But I always um, the Johnson's Paint Trophy. I'll still call it that to this Yeah, day. I'll still call it the John. It's like the Carling Cup, even though it's not sponsored by Carling anymore. It's still the Carling Cup. <laughs> Pompey, 1-0. See, I'm going to take form into account with this. Portsmouth right now, oh, shit. <laughs> they are bottling it. They hate their manager. Whereas Salford, I believe, in playoffs. Not too sure. I'm not I sure. Have. I know they're up there. I'd go Salford. 2 1. Okay. You should be uh, happy. It's, your, it's the 92 fine. boys getting their first I trophy. I don't care. <laughs> um. So, just a quick update Manchester City have added, excuse me, a fifth on the game against Fiorentina to make it 8 0. And. Uh, the WSL have announced that the last weekend of uh, March, you can watch all of the WSL games live. Excuse me, back to back. The hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Coronavirus. Joking, it's not. So pretty sure it is. That weekend, the 27th and 28th of March, we'll start off with Manchester United versus West Ham. Then we have the North London derby after that between Tottenham and Arsenal, which is taking place at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Then you have Man City versus Reading to round off Saturday. And then on Sunday in the WSL, you can watch Brighton versus Everton. That's followed by Chelsea versus Aston Villa on BT Sport, followed by Birmingham City versus Bristol City as well. And all the FA Women's Championship games are also available to watch on the I, uh, FA player as well so that is some great stuff to look forward to at the end of the month obviously we'll talk about it later on in the month and a lot closer to the time as well right is that it or is there any more talking points that we may have missed I believe that's everything that I've got okay we'll be back at the start of next week to round up our predictions and Anything else that happens in the world of football? Maybe Liverpool lose for another game. We, uh, what else do we have to look forward to next week? Uh, obviously, we'll have a look, preview the Champions League that are coming next week and uh, anything else that happens in the world of football. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe. Uh, download us if you're listening to on Apple, um, Spotify and Give us a five-star rating if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Until then, we'll take anything at this point, please. (laughs) Until then, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Brad. Please, we're desperate. (laughs) And we'll see you soon.